0: Thanks for joining us for another message from Southland Church. If you'd like any information about our church, check out our website at mysouthland.com.
1: So I'll call up Emmanuel and Angela right away, but uh, I'll do a little bit of an intro so you guys um, know who they are. Many of you already do know who they are. I think I actually said last week that they were gone for a year. They've been gone longer than a year. COVID. Has, has anyone else noticed that COVID time has really messed up our ability to think past? Right. I know. I should just add two or three years onto everything that I say. Anyways, they've actually been gone four years. <laughs> A little bit longer than one. <laughs> and the, the ridiculous thing is that I knew that already. But. Um, Anyways, I'm very glad to have them come and share. Uh, but we do have, uh, like Brock was mentioning, the, the food and clothing drive is coming up. By the way, this is a really good opportunity. That's our community outreach ministry. And I wish I had time to share uh, some of the stories. If you get a chance to talk to Jody or Mel, they actually they work in the clothing closet and they're helping families weekly. We have weekly testimonies of families that are being impacted uh, by, by your generosity and by your prayers and by their work. Uh, but that's what community outreach is all about is impacting our community in a positive way of, uh, and showing them what what the love of Jesus looks like with our hands and feet in practical needs. So that's pretty amazing. So if you, if you are thinking, I want to get involved in some kind of missional work, that is missional work. If you get involved in the food and clothing drive to serve, you are doing missional work. That is a great example of what life on missions can look like. It is a chunk of time to commit, but it's also a short-term commitment, so it doesn't last forever, and then you can rest after. So if you feel the Lord tugging at you on that, that's a great place uh, we can use you. But now, going on to Emmanuel and Angela, um, we're in this life on mission, and since we started this year, we've been talking lots about, yes, Lord, I will. So probably the last two weekends in a row, and then at the worship night, by the way, was awesome. How many of you were at the worship night? there's, (laughs) There's a good chunk of you sitting in the same spot as you are now, actually. That's funny. (laughs) That was an incredible time with the Lord. Uh, You know, sometimes you get those really special gifts where even though you're around people, it's just kind of like it's just you and Him. I got to experience that on that night too, so that was pretty awesome. Anyhow, we've been talking about life on mission and what it looks like to say, yes, Lord, I will. And obviously there's lots of different ways we can do it. And for many of you, it starts with, you know, a first-time commitment, you say yes, which is really saying I choose to trust you. And now you've got to follow that through with some type of action step and obedience step. So remember, we're all on a different leg of the journey. And so there's lots of space for that. However, that being said, what you're going to get to hear an example of, because Emmanuel and Angela, they're going to share not just a ministry update, which was what we would usually do in a missions update, right? It's not just what God's doing in the ministry. They're going to share a bit of their personal story as well, like how it started and how it went. And what I'm really excited about that is, is for the reason of you're going to get to see a real live example of what it means to say, yes, Lord, I will, and to put Jesus and the call of God on your life in the center of your life and to orient the rest of your life around that. And, and that is actually unique because I think many times what we try to do as believers is we try to say yes to the Lord while still holding on to our lives. Right? So we have kind of our lives and our families, and we try to kind of work, and you fit it all in, and then right here, we have like, you know, 12% left, and we're going to give that 12% fully to Jesus. And you're going to get to see a live example of what it looks like to give your 100%, to give everything. And so it's an honor and a blessing to have them come and share with you, so Manuel and Angela, will you come up? Let's give them a warm welcome. <clears throat> All right, looking forward to it.
2: Awesome, Awesome. this is uh, awesome and just beautiful to be before you here finally. Uh, It's been a huge blessing and answer the prayers. Uh, To be honest with you, over the week when uh, we know that we're gonna stand before you here, uh, we were excited about it, but at the same time, been very nervous. <laughs> so, um, it's gonna be a good thing, and just bear with me here, I'm trying to turn my laptop on quickly, and then we will go on. This is part of the Africa way of doing things. <laughs> we wait for last minute, and Normally, in, uh, we, we have time. Time is one of the things that we struggle with in Liberia. When, we, when, when you are invited to an occasion and the time is uh, 11 o'clock, you expect people to show up at 12 o'clock. So that means that um, we are giving a time here, and the time is coming on, up, up there. And uh, it can be... That means that you, normally time for the service to be over is uh, 11, uh, 9.45. So that means that we'll be done at 10 o'clock and the next service will be extended to the next time. How about that?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I think we're not doing it that way. We'll just go with the Canadian way.
0: <laughs>
2: okay, so we really are excited to be before you as family. And... God has been doing great things in our lives over the time. I'm going to move a little bit closer on this side here. Uh, my wife and I said yes to the Lord to go to Liberia. And um, you all were witnesses of that. But before we begin, I actually want to say something that we normally will say in our churches in Liberia, in the churches in Liberia, and it's part of the culture, basically. And, um, and I want to say to you guys that we all can practice it together and then we will move forward, amen? Are you guys ready for that? It's a bit of exercise. I know no, some of you may know it already, but it's not very strange. So I want to say God is good and you're going to repeat after me and say all the time. And then I will say all the time and then you will say God is good. Got it. God is good? And all the time? He is very good indeed, isn't He? He is a good God. He is a good God. He has times and seasons in His hands. He chose this day for us to stand before you here, to be given this time to stand before you here and sit before you here as a big family to tell you what he has done in our lives. And so on behalf of my wife and our children and the church in Liberia, I like to say thank you. Thank you for your prayers, thank you for your support, thank you for your partnership in the thanks of the Lord in the kingdom work in Liberia. It is only by his yes that he enabled us to carry on the work in Liberia. I tell you, the first, I will tell you, the first couple months in Liberia, personally that I already gave up. I, I almost gave up and say, hey, let's just pack up our things and go back to Canada. But our God is faithful. When he called us, he definitely enabled us to do what he want us to do. Are we worthy to be chosen by him to go out to Liberia to do what he wants us to do? No, The the big answer is no. Personally, I know myself, I know my weaknesses, and God knows my wife and knows her weaknesses, and God knows you, all of you sitting in this room, he knows your strength, he knows your weaknesses, and those of you watching online, he knows every one of us. We are not worthy to do what he wants us to do, to do unless he enable us to do it. Amen. And so, we are very thankful to sit before you here today. God chose the things that is not worthy to bring glory to his own name. After Jesus Christ died and rose from the, from, the, from, the, uh, from the grave, he appears to his disciples and gave them this important, important instruction. In Matthew 28 verse what? 18 to 20. And he says to them, go. You, most of you know this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I have commanded you. And we say yes to that call, amen. We all know, or you should know, perhaps you don't know, let me let you know that, this section of scripture is known as the Great Commission. It was the last recorded personal directive of the Savior to His disciples. And it holds great significance in the, in, 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 in the, in the Christendom today. And so the Great Commission is a foundation for evangelism and cross-cultural missions work in Christian theology. The great commission appears into every part of the gospel. The good news, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, even the book of Acts. Springing from God's heart, right from his heart. How awesome is that? To his disciples to carry out the good news. Sending them and promising them to be with them even to the end of the age. This really encouraged me. The God of the universe promised his disciples to go and he's gonna be with them right in the midst of every battle and every challenges and then right to the end. It's not like you're inside and you're on your own but I am with you to the very end. This inspire me, this encouragement. me, this keep pushing me and moving us forward. And of course, with your partnership. It was not a great suggestion. It was the great commission. How awesome is that when it comes from the creator himself? And so we know this is the command for the church, and we see that that is the heart of God, and we say yes to it. And this encourages us to move forward. So what we are about to tell you today it's not about us it's not about us it's about god what he has done through us as an as his instruments and then through your partnership and so before we begin let's bow our heads in prayer and then we will give you the reports of what the lord has done through our lives father in the name of jesus christ we say thank you for allowing us to stand before the congregation our family to present to them what you've done through us, using us as your vessel to reach out to the church in Liberia to bring the principles of church renewal. So lead us in this time right now, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Time speed up, hey? Okay, so um, this is, the beginning part of our story here. God called us, and we listen and we follow what He was uh, called us to do. But before we get to this point here, by faith we say yes to His calling, and then it started all in a refugee camp in Ghana. I was at a refugee camp in Ghana. We have 14 years of civil war in Liberia. And so in one of these events, God led me to a crusade in Ghana. There was a missionary, a pastor, who prayed for people. And as I appeared before him, he spoke to me and said, God has chosen you. He's going to send you overseas. He's going to equip you. And he's going to send you back. And then you're going to work with your own people. In 2005, I saw this prophetic word came to pass. Now here I am standing or sitting with my wife right before you here as a family. That is the big answer to prayer. Amen.
0: So God brought us, is my mic on? Uh, God brought us to Southland in uh, 2013 um, as a family. And <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that was a process of a journey of learning to hear God's voice, and He specifically called us here, and this became our preparation ground. And God used School of Ministers, Emmanuel went through School of Ministers uh, from 2016 to 2018, um, knowing that Liberia was our end goal. That was where we wanted to land. God opened doors for several months, and then all of a sudden, we felt like that door was shut. We didn't know how to get there. We didn't have a mission organization to go through. And after the 2016 to 2017 New Year's Eve prayer summit, we went home, and three hours later, God answered that prayer that we thought was, we thought that the door was closed, and he opened it, to a greater degree than we could've even imagined through an organization that sends allows a church to send their people to wherever God has called them to go to carry the vision of the church, and that's exactly what we were looking for, and that is uh, MSC Canada. So they came out um, and commended us in 2017, and then we had about a year and a half preparation with them So, Church Renewal is our vision in Liberia, that is the heart. We are discipling people through the Way Discipleship material, through the Lead Wells, and then with our long-term goal of uh, leading other church leaders, just like how Church Renewal works. You guys all know that, right? So, so here's just a picture of our, kind of our preparation of training and School of Ministers, and then actually, Exactly four years ago, this weekend is when we were sent off from here, and today uh, makes four years since we left from the airport. So, yeah.
2: And uh, again, uh, the blessing of that is that we have so many of you spoke over our lives here, even to the prophetic prayer ministry. And God spoke some of the words that God used people to say to us. Those words came to pass. It's amazing. And we have a family, friends, all lay hands over us and pray for us. And the feeling was just overwhelmingly so blessed. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: What a blessing to have such family.
0: Here we are at the airport with all of our luggage, leaving everything behind. This is Emmanuel's sponsor family, uh, his parents and his sister. And this is me with my family. This day was especially hard, not because I was leaving home, but because my grandmother passed away that very morning. And I had a choice to make, but it wasn't that I felt like I needed to stay. I knew where I needed to go. Um, I was just rejoicing with her. I actually felt really close to her as we were flying up into the air. I was like, oh, like this is where grandma flew, right? Yeah.
2: And the boys were very excited. Uh, when we got to the airport, uh, they were all just so looking forward to getting on the plane. Of course, so you can see and stare at the window at the glide there. Uh, but our youngest son, uh, Elijah, was always thinking that we're going to Africa to die because. <laughs> and so we were ready to go and die for Christ.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so our journey in Liberia begins uh, September 19th,
2: 2018. When we, get to, when we got to Liberia, um, we spent a lot of time together in prayer as family. And, uh, and then I would get up in the middle of the night or in the morning and spend time before the Lord. So that ring picture you see on the screen right there, <laughs> right there, is <laughs> um, a picture of a ring of fire. The Lord gave me a vivid picture of a ring of flaming fire and a different color of fire extending within the inner, inner circle. The outer circle is, was like a hot flame, yellow f- fire, and then inside was a blue flame, hot fire, and then a hotter, it gets her into the center part. The center part was like the glory and bright light. And... The Lord confirmed it to me and because I woke up and I was wondering what is that picture is about, Lord, because it was so real and it felt so real. And the Lord says to me in Zechariah, uh, uh, there in uh, chapter two, verse five says, then I, he said, then myself will be a protection or protective ward of, fi- of, of, of fire around Jerusalem. And so this really kind of encourages us as a protection for us and for our family and for the ministry that he has established there in Liberia. And it gave us so much. Every time I refer to this picture and I even remind, remind the church about it.
0: Adjusting to a new culture came with many challenges from the moment we landed at the airport. We, we learned that we couldn't understand the English, the, the humidity, the heat was so much. We went for endless days without power or running water, um, which led to many challenges of um, refrigeration, learning how to wash clothes by hand. And these things, we had to learn to find joy in these things. Um, You know, when we hit the ground, talking to other missionaries, they, they told us we were a little bit crazy for wanting to be there for four years because most people don't make it three months. That is the power of Christ in us every day. We cannot coast on, you know, months and months with, you know, inexperience, right? We have to be with him every day through these hard things, and he gives us the joy to actually find that joy through the challenges. This was our first home. Um, We lived in a big compound. Uh, It was a noisy place, Uh, as you can see those trucks. That was like a mechanic yard right outside of our bedroom windows. So, we had to learn how to live in a lot of noise. Uh, The sound kind of moved through the house. So, identifying with the culture, we had to learn. um, Yeah, we lived for like two months at a place where I actually had to pull water out of an open well. And that was definitely a trying time.
2: (coughs) Excuse me. And so that's my uh, father's family, my family, extended family, uncles and aunties. So part of the journey was that it was so good to connect with different relatives. And uh, my father is standing right, right closer to me there. That's my mother's, from my mother's side, relatives and friends came together. Part of the blessing we had there was to organize a Christmas, uh, Christmas gathering, just us as family it was so blessed. And uh, uncles and aunties and long time uncles connecting. Uh, there was a re- great u- reunion of family time. That's my father again, so he had a chance to come to our cell meetings along with my stepmom. And it was such a blessing to have both my father and my mother and my stepmom and just that and then the standard relatives all together. So after cell meetings, I will give him a ride to his house and it'll be a very good time to connect because the truth is I didn't really have any good relationship with my father. I'm choking on that because it gets emotional. And in fact, uh, just this on August the 6th, he passed away and he's now with the Lord. Mm-hmm.
0: My mother was able to come and visit us, which was an encouragement, so it was neat for our moms to be able to spend time with their grandkids together. And this is where we would go sometimes just to hang out on the beach, as it was just a place of refreshment for our family. We homeschool our kids. Our kids have learned how to become very creative. Um, Our boys built these guitars and a drum set and, Adia has grown in a passion for drawing. Acacia loves to read and connect with other kids in the community. This was our first family project. We were kind of like, how do we connect with the community? What should we do? And we found a beach that we loved, but it was really dirty. So we started cleaning at the beach and empowering the people who kind of lived around there to also clean up. And then we would swim in the afternoons. And someone actually came and renovated it after, and now it's a beautiful place.
2: During a time of, again, spending a lot of time before the Lord asking a lot of questions, Lord, how do we begin? How do we start? In fact, my wife used to ask me, How do you start a church? Well, we had to come and ask the Lord that question. So basically, started going out evangelizing, and that's uh, the little gas station you can see. in Those mannequins are gas inside. That's someone selling gas. And so I used to go with the Bible, my backpack with a lot of Bibles inside, and I'll meet those guys, and we we'll start having studies and praying together. And then out of that, we started inviting more people into our cell, into our living room. We have started group meetings and uh, praying together, introducing, going to their Bible lessons, and. Um, it, is, it was such, such a blessing, and then out of that, we see a lot of life and uh, hearts change.
0: Mm-hmm. So lots of connecting. Uh, Emmanuel was able to mentor um, a group of guys from another nonprofit organization through uh, the, Abide in, the Abide in Christ. And it's just been powerful how they have been able to just learn what it's like to have a personal relationship with Jesus. So here we were meeting in a conference room on our compound as we kind of outgrew our house and we were able to have three baptisms so far. Um, I just want to share a little story of um, the lady in this picture and she, when we met her, she's actually uh, Emmanuel's sister, she was not living a life that honored God at all. Uh, She was doing her Sunday morning church, but she was really selling herself to provide for herself. And um, she started coming to our cell meetings, and she was so convicted of her, her life. Um, just by us going through the abide lessons, she gave her life to Christ. You know, she thought she'd done this like a thousand times at every altar call she went to. She thought, you know, that that was, her way of saving herself over and over and over, but she has truly repented. She's given her life to Christ. Um, later on, I'll show you a picture of her, but we've actually been able to employ her. She now makes enough money to take care of her family, and she has gotten married, and so she, is, is, she has been a joy to see uh, grow in her relationship with God. So as we were there, we were really sensing that God is now calling us to be in Liberia long-term. And so it was kind of like, where do we, how do we start? Where do we plant ourselves? So we just really sensed that God wanted us to actually build a house. So we bought personal land, and as soon as we bought that land, we started looking for a building in that community that we could start meeting so that we could reach that community already. And then we actually took a lot of the people that had been coming to our our evening services in our home for two years. They all came along with us and we all planted a church together. And so that was so neat because now we could implement along with them what this looks like. And so a a big part of what we do is focusing on like pre-service prayer. That's the key. Repenting our sin. Uh, confessing and repenting of our sin, right? And not just doing Sunday morning as uh, a program or a show, which is something that they're so familiar with that this became just life giving for them. So here we were looking for our land, and this is our home that we, God, I always say God gave us a house because He literally did. He used another nonprofit who
2: has paid for so much of it. Um. Yeah, so we, again, come back to the picture of the church that you the lots of prayer, walk around there, just drive and just park the vehicle, go drive around, walk around, kind of the people. And then uh, the Lord basically made this confirmation. So we have our place, our, our own personal land purchased in that place by miracle. Again, God provided funds. And then the housing, God also provided funds. Now we have the funding. Uh, the house is there, it's already up, and we, it's not completed yet. We're hoping that we'll go back. That's the project we we'll hope to continue to finish, to do some finishing. And then, of course, the ministry. We have our Sunday morning. Uh, that's the building we're right now leasing every year. We, we, we lease that building. We're having all our activities right there in the ministry, and it's been such a blessing. The ministry is registered. We are a registered ministry in uh, Liberia as an international mini- ministry. And so, that's our church logo. One of our brother in the church actually, put uh, after a long time of prayer confirmation from uh, Pastor Ray and uh, with prayer partners, uh, God confirmed the church the minister name. And as you know, as you begin the ministry, you're asking lots of questions. You don't have the team put together yet. You gotta do everything. So I was, I was the, the praise leader. I was the organizer. Just that all of that, of course, that, again with prayer with my wife and all that. It was such, uh, headache but also rely on the law was good because it was like he was actually doing it amen and so we have a church family uh unique we have a lot of children, a lot of youths and a lot of adults coming in now
0: and in fact while we've been gone for three and a half months they have been reaching out to the community that's next to our house and have doubled the congregation in our absence and it just speaks so loud
2: Amen.
0: when they are not relying on us, but we've empowered them to do the work. Um, often, ministries actually die down when the North American leaves, which is heartbreaking. I didn't want to waste my time in Liberia for that to happen. Um, God has brought us ministry partners, Church Renewal is obviously such a huge part in our personal life. They invest in us so we can invest in others. And then God has brought three other ministries uh, into Liberia that have partnered with us. Uh, Live 2540, the Educational Fellowship Initiative, and Sunrise Ministries.
2: And Church Renewal is our, the vision of Church Renewal, the vision that Church Renewal brought into the church, and we saw, they, they, God give us the heart of that to be able to bring it to Liberia. And that's our primary uh, vision. That's our primary goal, to implement the principles of church renewal in Liberia, to work with leaders of churches. And I tell you, the leaders that are willing to work along with us right now, to partner with us in this, there are so many. We're just looking forward to start. So we connect with Pastor Ray uh, weekly with the mentoring, He's our mentor. It's been such a blessing. And Pastor Chris Pihach as well, uh, bi-weekly connect with us. Those two men of God has been such an encouragement to us. And then along with that, with all the partnership, it's been so, so great.
0: So this is Daryl and Zach from Live 2540. We bumped into them in a grocery store early on in our time there. And they've been, become so instrumental in Um, with partnering with us through resources, through finances, uh, just through connections. So um, they gave us a bunch of audio Bibles so we can share those with people who are not able to read. And then they brought over this man in the blue shirt. Uh, His name is Matt and he started a new nonprofit uh, over the last two years called the Education Fellowship Initiative. And so he's been on missions for years and his goal is actually to partner with ministries who are already doing the work in whatever way that they need. So he basically says, what do you need? Ask for big things. We'd love to help you. And so through his ministry, we were able to buy six acres of land for ministry to be able to Build a discipleship training center to be able to um, run an after school reading program for kids who aren't in school and maybe we can teach them how to read so that they can read the Bible. Um, A home for women who maybe have been through trauma and then we can uh, help them to grow in their relationship with Christ. And empower them as well as we did with Emmanuel's sister.
2: Amen. And so we, the, the, the guy just the, the the story is so good, and and uh, there's so much that get, so much we can't really sit, talk about. But mm-hmm. that's uh, the opportunity. The opportunity is so 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 many. And so I have had opportunities to go to other pastors' uh, conference and uh, seminars. And uh, they give given the platform to also present the principles of uh, what we are there because people want to know what our ministry is about. And so it's, it's been uh, such a blessing uh, That's a few of the settings we have, we have conducted different workshops and uh, separate retreats. And uh, just to know that the they, they, uh, people are so eager to know what is church Noah is about and what the vision to have a personal relationship or to abide in Jesus Really ready men uh, because in Africa if you guys know for, for some of you may know already that people have the Desperation and want to have personal relationship with the Lord But the gospel is actually been misused in a way and it's all about prosperity And but personal relationship with Christ is something that we really want to encourage in our ministry
0: mm-hmm. Here's some of the women in our church uh, Here we're meeting with our stewards so we have five couples that we've kind of left in charge with different responsibilities Uh, Sunday morning worship. Tracy Paypalm came out, I don't know if Tracy's in here, but she came out for three months and she helped us start up our children's ministry, which has just been a blessing for so many kids in our community.
2: And the children's ministry is really growing every time uh, we uh, we run out of space. We thank God for this area that we're gonna put up, hopefully develop as he leads us. And so, this is our annual prayer retreat. Every March, we go away. It's kind of been a part of the ministry now. We go away from the busy city. We hire a bus. We bring kids and adults all into the bush up to this mountain, belong to my grandfather. And so, we, we spend time all there and just spend time in the uh, Bible lessons. And, and listening in prayers and praying for one another, confessing our, our sins. Confessing sins is something that is not easily done in Africa, people don't really get their personal life exposed. And I tell you, more people uh, people that have been coming into this in our fellowship are growing into that now to know that it's very important to be transparent and trust other believers to come along with you and pray with you in your struggles area. And so we have uh, others, uh, Seminars such as the purity retreat, uh, set free retreat. This is what was our second set free retreat. Tracy was there for the first uh, set free retreat we held because uh, she was a great help for us. Then nobody had any access or any experience, so it was a great help. Now, this is our second. We have people that actually sat for the first, so they had, had a little of experience to know what they expect to help other people that came in to the time.
0: And we've seen just so many testimonies coming out of um, the Set Free Retreat as well. It was actually interesting at the first one, Emmanuel was chatting with one guy during the retreat break and he got a phone call from his girlfriend, but he had a wife. And in that moment, he broke up with her and was so convicted of living this double life. Um, So that is, uh, yeah, it's just so encouraging to see uh, people make those big changes. Self sustainability projects have always been um, something that we've wanted to incorporate into our ministry to employ people and then also to provide funds to keep ministry growing. So through Sunrise Ministry, we were able to start a sewing project, uh, sewing cloth feminine pads and some market bags. So together with Emmanuel's sister and I, we started this um, ministry.
2: Yeah. And uh, part of this uh, ministry sustainability project is, is, is something that we spend time before the Lord and asking how, what other way or other strategies He would want us to reach out to the people and to, uh, to encourage everyone. And so we, our desire is to give the word of God, to give the gospel, and we know that people are desperate for the gospel, but yet, if we just give the gospel and see that struggle and then just watch them go through that struggle, we do know that the Lord will help them but we saw that the Lord gave us this strategy to be able to help people. Perhaps we can provide jobs, someone can work and be able to provide a family. So Bachman Concrete has been a blessing to us. Bachman Concrete sends two mini, uh mini mixers and a generator we're using now for our service because we don't have a reliable electricity and so with the concrete saw. And it sent uh, five of the, uh, I keep pointing in the back there, sorry guys. You feel like I'm pointing at you, but I'm pointing at a string here. Um, so, They sent five of their molds, concrete molds, to kind of test out that too, if everything goes well, then we will incorporate some of their products into our uh, ministry sustainability project.
0: We did an agriculture project on our property, uh, celebrating marriage. We have encouraged marriage in our ministry. This is a traditional wedding. That's Agnes and her husband, and Vasco and his wife, Florence. Challenges in Liberia are transportation. Most people don't own a vehicle. Uh, Getting around is expensive, so we hire a bus every Sunday to bring people who come from far away uh, to the church every Sunday. And our vehicle, we actually shipped a vehicle from here, and it has been just a huge blessing to us and to our ministry. We carry a lot of people or different items around. Uh, This is the bus that we the smaller bus on the smaller picture that we rent every Sunday. Um, But really we could use a bigger bus.
2: Our prayer and hope is to actually own a bus, to own a vehicle because renting, if we can save that money and own a vehicle will actually be a blessing. So that's part of our hope. And so... um,
0: There's always a desperate situation around all the time. And so always knowing where to help and when to help is Uh, Something we really have to discern, But this this little baby is named after me. And she fought for her life as a newborn. She was born a little bit early. Uh, Her mother sat at her bedside for two weeks, um, making sure she didn't die. Uh, After a C-section, she wasn't even given a bed to lie down in. So the challenges are great. Uh, This young girl, her mother worked for us as a cook. And she was caught in the hands of human traffickers. And because of your prayers, we know many of you were praying, Um, God gave us clues on who to call and where where to go and all of these things. And she was rescued out of the hands of human traffickers. There was other girls there. She shared a gruesome story of where she was, but God literally saved her and we're just thankful God used us in that moment.
2: Amen. Amen. And so, like, the mission field is so vast and the opportunities keep coming on our way. Uh, we were at uh, family time away, and then this gentleman, he's one of the businessmen in Liberia, and so he happened to be having an a allergic reaction, so we had an EpiPen. His son is a doctor, two kids were doctors, so he is into to the airport, long story short. Uh, so God used the EpiPen my mother-in-law brought and uh, runs quickly and brought it to him and it saved his life. And after that, we became a friend. He and his wife invited us over
0: and we were able to
2: share the gospel with them.
0: During the curfew time, uh, we, our biggest challenge there was that we had a curfew from uh, three o'clock in the afternoon. So we were trying to figure out how we could get out into the community and God gave us an idea to serve the checkpoint securities who are often despised and looked down upon to serve them with coffee and bread. And so some of the guys from our ministry went out and we uh, had a connection through, Emmanuel knew a man from like 20 something years back who works in government, who was able to guide them through through the city at night. As you can see, it's very dark uh, in the streets. And then during COVID, we also were able to provide rice and oil to those in our ministry, to those who were sick and in need. And God has blessed us with many, many, many friends uh, on, the, on the mission fields. These are our really close friends. They're actually building a house right next to us. So when they come from way in the bush, that they can spend time with us and our kids for that encouragement as well, and sharing Christmas with other ministry in Liberia. So uh, these are some pastors, actually the one in the center in the black shirt, he actually contacted Church Renewal, and Eddie and Christina sent him our contact, so we've been able to be in touch with him as his desire is renewal in his church, and he oversees many churches uh, in the country as well. Here's just
2: Amen. some challenges that Liberia holds. Okay, so going back there to that role, <laughs> okay. Uh, so we have the challenges, it's so, it's, again, if you have been to Africa or other African country, you know the struggles, you may know the struggles or you've seen on video, but we, our desire will be able to get to the villages, to all the pastors, as we connected to all the pastors. We have a Nissan Pathfinder. Uh, that's the bridge. You drive on that bridge. you can be scary. Your heart is raising because you you, you don't even trust the logging the logs underneath that thing. And so, but those are challenges that is ahead of us, and we're looking forward to getting to the, the places to connect the pastors so that we can work together and uh, encourage them, disciple them, bring them into the city to uh, just have them encouraged in the Word of God. Amen. And so, we. um
0: Oops, sorry. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
2: All right. So, we have prayer requests.
0: We are anticipating going back to Liberia in February of 2023. And during this time now, we have some big plans, some big dreams that God has laid on our hearts um, to further invest into our ministry. First and foremost, we'll be investing in our leaders that we've already... um, Invested into and continuing to grow our church. We really want our church to become a model church So that when we start reaching other ministries within Liberia that they can see that there's something different Um, and then so our dream is to have uh, a ministry training center with guest suites and uh, a place for kids to play um, some different things like that and the ministry that's partnering with us is actually doing a ton of fundraising right now to get a lot of these projects done and we're hoping to go and uh, meet their whole board in october down in georgia so these are all things that you can be yeah praying for
2: amen so as church, we're gonna conclude here. I'm sorry that the time is going so fast. Like I said, it's four years of story that we just had to kinda, just kinda made it fit into this time here. Uh, but God has been so good to us, and uh, on the journey, He's been good to us, and by your prayer and your faithfulness, we really appreciate that. But here, I want to ask you this question here. Will you listen to what God is calling you to do? Will you be faithful to say, yes, Lord, I am willing to jump into the pool and just trust you completely with my life? I say, as the scripture says in John 15, 16, 17 here, Jesus says, You didn't choose me, but I choose you. I appointed you to go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Will you be willing to listen to the word of God, to submit to his will, to do what he's calling you to do? Please, spare me. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for leading us through this time. We appreciate you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name.
1: Thank you, thank you guys. That is incredible. Didn't he do amazing? I love that. like the Lord was just cutting me to the heart the entire time that was such a good story so um, we're gonna share a video and you're gonna get to see the land that that a lot of these dreams are gonna be built on that the Lord's gonna use to minister to people but in the meantime if you are staff or the board here we're gonna pray over them uh, as a church we're gonna do that now so if you can come to the front and as they're coming up here well you can see this video but You know what I really loved about their share? Well, I loved everything about your sharing, by the way. It was really, really strong. But I loved that you guys are are so strong on bringing the gospel message, but you, you couple that with availability to do whatever God is asking you to do in practical ways. And I thought, what a great encouragement to all of us here because I think we all need to start looking at that and how that yes looks and in both, you know, teaching the gospel and bringing the gospel to unreached people, but also how can we get into our community and do practical things uh, to show people what or who Jesus is all about. So take a look here. This is the land. So we're going to see those prayer requests. Once this is done, you'll see those requests again. And we're going to pray in unison, and that's why we, we took our church-wide prayer requests, which we usually do here. If you're a visitor here, uh, we pray out loud together. If you're not comfortable doing that, that's totally fine. You just pray in your spirit. Uh, but we're going to pray, and, and, and uh, we're going to go exactly through those prayer requests that you guys provided. Thank you very much. It gives us lots to pray for. We're going to do it in unison together. We're going to put lay hands on them up front here. Isn't that amazing? All right, if you guys can go to the um, slide. I think it's going back. And you guys, here, here. Can you uh, move to just a little bit back here? Let's organize around them. Here, there we go. My mic was on. It's all good. You guys, ready to pray? All right, like we usually do. Three, two, one. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for Emmanuel and Angela and their family. We thank you for the blessing they are to our church. They're, they're members here. They're family here. This is family. And oh, we thank you for the blessing of their sharing this morning. And we thank you that we can, uh, that we can uh, support them in prayer and financially. And now, Lord, we ask for a fresh filling of your spirit to be given to them. Would you continue to bear fruit, much fruit, through their ministry? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.